the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, from our Northern Command studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. Welcome back. It is Lifeline, Andy Froyland. And in a unique location, there are times when we uh, will make a phone call and bring an author on to the broadcast. There are times when they will actually come in studio, which is really cool. And then there are those times where... They won't pick up the phone, and they won't come to your studio, so you have to go to them. So we are actually doing the broadcast from the patio of the Stirring in Redding, California, of all places. And uh, it is for a special reason. Uh, My guest joining us today is the author of not just a book, but a children's book. And not just a children's book, but an amazing book that journeys someone through grace in a rather unique way. And so I wanted to bring him on the broadcast today and talk about that. First and foremost, in fact, we were talking about this earlier before we turned the microphones on, he is a father above all else. Uh, he is a husband above all else. And uh, from there, the rest of his life flows out of that, uh, which produces an amazing children's book. And we'll talk about all that. Brandon Walton is our guest. Yeah. Brandon, welcome to the program. And, Thank you so much. It's good to have you with us. The book, uh, Trees for Seeds. No, (laughs) Seeds for Trees. No. (laughs) Of course. We were just talking about this. Uh, Seeds and Trees. Seeds and Trees. Yeah. This is a book that really deals with um, what we sow into people's lives and how we live our lives around other people, isn't it? Yeah. It's a... I tell people, um, in short, it's a children's book about the power of words. Um, it's more than that. It's it's a book about stewarding the words that are spoken to us and also being careful with the words that we sow into other people's lives. As parents, uh, as friends, as coworkers, as husbands, as wives, it, it kind of hits all of that. Um, but you know, my wife and I, when we were first working on the book, we would say our goal and our heart was to write a book for the child at heart. And so... Even though it's a children's book, it's really actually just written to hit that part of our hearts as children deep in our hearts. So whether we're grown-ups or, or not. So. Now, we'll get to this throughout the course of our time together today because the there is so many facets to this book. And for those of you here in our KFAX audience, you know that we interview from time to time authors. But to do so with a children's author, and especially with the book of this caliber, is really quite unique. And that's why we have Brandon with us today here on Lifeline. Let's go back to the beginning. I mentioned this just a moment ago, and and we kind of laughed about it a bit. But in all seriousness, as a husband and as a father, and even more so um, as a son, your life has had a a serious impact on this children's book. This isn't just something that you thought, oh, little Johnny would probably like this just before he went to bed. There's much more to this book than just what we would consider as a children's book, isn't there? Yeah, it's, 
I tell people it's my story cleverly disguised as a children's book. And so um, I spent really the better part of the past seven years on a healing journey um, that took me back to childhood, back to pain, back to abuse, back to uh, things that I had endured as a, as a, as a young man, um, which you know, at the time in my life, I didn't have a grid for and I didn't have language for or words for. And so I spent, you know, from age seven to nine um, dealing with sexual abuse. It was painful. It was brutal. It was um, it, it greatly affected me, but I didn't talk to anybody. And I went through my entire adult life until I was 30, almost 34 years old before ever speaking a word about it. So Seeds and Trees um, came really as I was writing it in the back of the church, I was sitting with a friend preaching and I remember taking my iPhone out and just feeling like an inspired moment to start writing this, right. what I thought was just a poem just for myself. It was just a, a, an, an artistic expression. I used to write a lot of songs and I was just sort of just noodling this idea. And, um, and, and the, the first lines of the book just kind of came right out of, you know, as I was typing. And as I started to explore that, I I think that the story was as much a revelation to me um, of of who Holy Spirit is and the role that Holy Spirit plays mm-hmm. in you know telling us what the truth is. And so, getting to a point where I could actually kind of go back to the lies that I believed and saying, okay, well, why did I believe that I wasn't enough? Why did I believe that I didn't belong? Why did I believe that I was too much or um, you know not good enough or didn't didn't belong? So going through that process with Holy Spirit and exposing what the lies were was, um, was, a, was a really difficult journey. But um, that's what Seeds and Trees is about. It's, you know, the, the tagline of the book is to be careful what you water for it will surely grow. And I had a lot of good trees sown in my life through, through seeds, but I also had a lot of bad seeds that I continually watered without knowing it, yeah. you know. Now, for our listeners, you mentioned, you know, part of this book comes out of your journey as a child. Yeah. Uh, sexual abuse. Just to waylay any fears of a, yeah. a, a mom or a dad going, oh, they're going to deal with it. No, yeah. that's yeah. not in the book. No, not uh, at all. It's much more foundational than yeah. that, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's deeper than that. And, and I think the, the, tra- the trauma that we experience as children, if you do experience trauma, whether it be verbal abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse, or neglect, or just have somebody say something not kind, that that's the essence of what this is about. It's how do we steward the words and the thoughts that come to our mind. Right. And so as a child, I was taught very, very well the difference between good and bad or good and evil. Mm-hmm. I wasn't necessarily taught very well of what do you do whenever something happens or someone says something that doesn't line up with the truth. Right. And so we were taught to take captive thoughts, but at the same time, to tell that to a kid is a difficult thing for a kid to grasp. So using an illustration like seeds and just saying, hey, there's good seeds and there are bad seeds. These good seeds line up with the truth about you. These bad seeds that don't, what do we do with those? Ignorantly and unknowingly, I just planted them all and watered them all and, and paid a price for it. 
We always do. The beautiful thing is, as you go through this children's book, uh, extremely well illustrated. We'll talk about that in a few yeah. minutes. Uh, it is about a, a, a young prince, yeah. correct? Yeah. And a friend who comes along and shows him how to sow good seed and how to break up the bad seed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And again, from a children's perspective. One of the reasons I wanted to get Brandon in here tonight on Lifeline is because we are in the holiday season. Yeah. And I can't think of a better Christmas gift to get for either a child or a parent of children. And yeah. we'll talk about that as well, because this isn't just a children's book. Yeah. But where can we get this book? I, I want to yeah. make sure we, we hit this often, because yeah. I know folks are going to be wanting to pick this up for the holidays. I appreciate it. The, the main place that we're selling it is on Amazon. So if you just do a search on Amazon for Seeds and Trees, it'll come up. Um, that's our primary space. We're doing some things with schools um, where we're selling bulk orders you know, you know, to schools a little bit more privately, but we don't really even have that set up efficiently yet. Right. We're sort of scrapping our way through it. But the, the, the most pro- the easiest way to do it is via Amazon. And really, again, this is another point that we'll talk about here in just a couple of minutes. Um, the book is of such a nature that you are working with certain schools to develop some kind of curriculum to make this available yeah. in the classroom too, aren't you? Yeah. And we've got schools right now that just on their own initiative – um, have taken it and made it the theme for the year for their schools and teaching children about kindness and um, and really, you know, how to grow a garden in their heart. Hmm. Brandon Walden is my guest here tonight on Lifeline. And again, Amazon.com, great place to start. Seeds and Trees is the title of the book. I would highly suggest picking up two or three for holiday gifts. Uh, it, a brilliant idea for a marvelous uh a marvelous approach at redefining just exactly who we are, how we think, and how we sow words into people's lives. We have to take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Brandon here on Lifeline. Right now, we're off to the KFAX Traffic Center. We've got to look at that commute of yours tonight. And now, from our Northern Command Studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And welcome back. It is Lifeline, Andy Froyland, and uh, we're coming to you from a rather unusual place. I, I love this. This is yeah. this is unique and rare. We don't often do Lifeline from the porch of a coffee shop, yeah. which is a front for a church yeah. in Northern California. But that's exactly where we're at. Uh, we're on the we're on the front porch of the Stirring. So uh, for those of you here in the Bay Area, uh, sorry, you're not going to be able to drive by. <laughs> it just won't work. Maybe next time. We'll have to take this on the road, I think. Brandon Walden is my guest. His book is called Seeds and Trees. It's a children's book, but it is so much more than a children's book. And I wanted to talk to you about this one because as I've read through it, I'm thinking, all right, well, I've got to take this to my kids now, but I've got to read through this again on my own. Yeah. This, while, while the illustrations are for children, the writing is for children, you're, what, just over a thousand words. It is, yeah. it's a couple of hundred words more than a typical children's yeah. book, but it's still a children's book. Yet, yeah. I found as an adult being captivated by this thing and going back to it again and again because while it is deceptively simple for a child, you still have an adult in mind in this, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, we wrote it for the child at heart, but we, you know, I, I think if I were to say, you know, there's a letter at the beginning of the book that addresses the reader, 
and and we wrote that letter more like an invitation um and it even asked the parent or teacher or therapist who might be using the book with a child to consider their own life to take stock to do what we call a self-audit of sorts and to to think back to when they might have first started believing these different lies about themselves because in in my adult life and in the journey that i've been on the past seven years I've yet to meet a man or woman that's a grown man or woman that hasn't believed in their past or currently believing some lie about themselves. Right. And so it's a huge part of our, of our journey. And, um, so yeah, the book is really written hoping to arm and empower parents and and teachers and therapists on how can we speak in a simple childlike way to children about the power of words and how to steward their thoughts and, as I say, kind of to cultivate a garden in their heart. And I have found that it not only is ministering to children as to how to develop this kind of life, but at the same time, it's re, uh, re-examining and retooling the parent as well, going, oh my, maybe I probably should change the way I talk to my child in light of this, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, we, we had this experience. One of the first times that we read the book publicly it's 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 a pretty it's a challenging story to tell honestly but we my wife and I were reading it with a group of children there was about 30 kids present and before reading the book i had this idea like i wanted to ask the children to to sort of express goods and good and bad seeds and the difference so they had some framework for the book and so i just simply said like hey today we're going to talk about good seeds and bad seeds and um and a good seed would be like hey johnny you're so fast or you're so good or you're so pretty or you're so smart or so creative and uh and and i said how many of you guys can remember a good seed from the past week and out of the 30 or so kids about six of them eight of them raised their hands and when that happened i I remember thinking i'm a natural extrovert i thought maybe the kids are being bashful they just needed to be pulled on a little bit more so i pressed and maybe another hand went up when i asked again and, and I remember looking over at my wife and just kind of this, almost a pause of like, wow, there's only seven kids in this room that have raised their hand. And we were in a church. Yeah. And so when that happened, I thought, well, that's interesting. Well, then I, 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 I transitioned and I said, well, let's talk about bad seeds for a minute. And I said, you know, some, a bad seed would be like, you're not smart or you're stupid or I don't like you or just di- different things like that. They might hear in school or un- unfortunately some of them may be at home. And so I said very quickly, well, how many of you guys can remember a bad seed? from last week and every single hand went up Mm. with just this resounding and when it happened i i was so stunned andy i i remember actually just getting stuck i just froze i wasn't prepared for that i wasn't prepared to see in a church of all places all the kids that could just so quickly remember a negative thing but not a positive thing and i remember reaching over and just holding my wife's hand she was sitting beside me and she kind of whispered you need to say something <laughs> because it was this awkward pause. <laughs> yeah. And and I remember just looking at the kids and I said, okay, let's, let's put our hands down. Let me share a couple of the bad seeds that I remember from my childhood. Cause I didn't even want them to speak them. I didn't right. even want them to have to say them. Um, but that was for me, you know, we've, we've done this publicly in, in rooms where the parents are behind the kids. And when we ask that question and parents see their kid raise their hand, mm-hmm. They often are coming up to us afterwards and saying, I know why little Johnny raised his hand. And it's because of something I said this past week. Wow. And, man, it, 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 in our own home, Andy, my wife and I, because we wrote this, because this is in our heart, it's our language we use regularly, 
it is a constant reminder and a constant challenge to us to really be careful with what we water. And um, it's, yeah, it's very difficult. <laughs> it really is. Brandon Walden, our guest here on Lifeline, and the book is called Seeds and Trees. You can pick it up at Amazon.com. All you have to do is go to Amazon.com, Google Seeds and Trees, and you'll be able to purchase the book. I would recommend two or three because it's going to be a great Christmas gift as we find ourselves in the holiday season. Uh, unless, of course, you work at Costco, Walmart, or Target, and then you've been in the holiday season since August. <laughs> but seriously, uh, go to Amazon.com. This is where the book is available, and this is what we're talking about. Brandon, I know, and I would imagine our listeners would know as we listen to you talk, the foundation for this book is overtly biblical and Christian. Yeah. It, but does it come across as, a, uh, as you read it? Is it something that will cross that Christian line as a potential evangelistic tool even, maybe? It's interesting. You know, we wrote it as an allegory. We felt very strongly that there was a strategy behind uh, writing it in such a way. And I mean, really, on a, on a personal level, um, it could have very easily, we could have used a lot of Christian language. We actually chose not to because we wanted it to be able to be used other places. We wanted it to be able to, to infiltrate the you know public school system, right. and we knew the moment we mentioned Jesus um, that that that's not going to happen. And so, in the story as it unfolds, the the boy who's the star character in this in this book, the prince, has a friend that comes along that helps him cut down these bad trees and learn how to plant good seeds in their place. And and for me, in my own experience, that was clearly the Holy Spirit. That was the work of the Holy Spirit. That was the truth that I knew as a child that I began to kind of rework. But to be honest with you, I, I had a challenge in um, in the writing to say, I I, I felt in in saying, well, let's let's disguise the truth in plain sight. <laughs> let's right. you know, let's find a way to tell the truth, but also had to realize that that God Himself is not insecure. You know, there's not this level of we have to tell everybody every single thing and every origin about it. In my mind, it was it was more important to tell the truth of the story in a way that humanity could accept and humanity could receive. So in that sense, yes, there there was definitely an evangelistic side of it, but not with the end goal of we're trying to proselytize with this. We're just trying to tell the truth. And um, and I've had several people come up to me. We've had reviews by on on Amazon by Christians that clearly got it that this must be a Christian book and yet we've got other people who have read it that don't feel threatened by the truth of that message as well and and I just trust that God's going to work his truth through it in and, the time and it is at the, at the at the heart of it it is foundational which when you pull out God's truth and leave it as a foundation no matter what you're doing in life it's going to show forth and yeah. it's going to it's it's truth right yeah so yeah. truth is truth Brandon Walden is our guest here on Lifeline tonight and uh, the book is called Seeds and Trees available at amazon.com is there any are, are, can people follow you on Facebook Twitter how about the other social media yeah medias? Our, our website is thetreasuredtree.com so treasured is plural uh, the treasure to tree, um, dot com, and then you can find us on Instagram, Facebook. You know, my my name Brandon Walden. Uh, if you search that, you'll see me, and you'll see a whole bunch of pictures of the book and things like that. Um, and, and you'll see a picture of Brandon. Don't be scared. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I tell people all the time, I got a face for radio. I, it's, there's a reason I hide behind a mic and not a camera, and, and people would run for the hills, oh, right? Oh, my goodness. Uh, Seeds and Trees, the book, Amazon.com. And, and like Brandon said, if you go to Facebook, Twitter, uh, Google his name, you'll find a lot of other places as well to, uh, to find out more about the book, which we'll talk about on the other side of this break. We do have to pay some bills, make sure the lights stay on, so when we come back, we won't be talking in the dark. It's Lifeline, Andy Froyland, my guest, Brandon Walden, his book, Seeds and Trees, back after this. We're off to the KFAX Traffic Center. We've got another look at your commute. And now from our Northern Command Studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And we are back, Lifeline, Andy Froyland, in for Craig Roberts this evening, filling out uh, some time, trying, hopefully, to uh, engage your thoughts and your mind as we work through another edition of Lifeline tonight. It's better than just sitting there yelling at the car in front of you that's going two miles an hour, hoping you could go four or five, right? Uh, We're just kind of that mild distraction that will leave you with something to think about once you finally get home. And we're hoping that you'll be thinking about the book Seeds and Trees. Our guest tonight is the author of Seeds and Trees, which is unique because 99% of the books that we, uh, we talk about here on Lifeline are adult books. And so to have a, a children's book author here is really quite unique. Uh, but as as you have taken the time to listen to us tonight, hopefully you'll come away understanding that while this is a children's book, it is something far more than just a simple children's book. Yeah. Um, there is a, there's a lot of amazing truth to this. Now, one component of a children's book, which is crucial to any good children's book, yeah. is the illustration. Absolutely. And, I, brother, i got to tell you, the, the illustration that came along with this book is really quite amazing and yeah. remarkable. And there's a story behind that as well. Yeah. yeah our, our dear friends, Kevin and Kristen Haudeschel, um their company is called The Brave Union. They're based in Kansas City. Um, we were friends for them, with them for years and went to church with them when we lived in Kansas City before moving here. And they are by far some of the best illustrators I've ever seen. They're world-class artists. Um, they do a lot of work for massive publications and, and big things. But being friends with them, it it just so happened when I pitched the idea, the story to them, they just said, well, we'd love to illustrate this, Brandon. And, and their their style um, was perfect for it, what we what we wanted to kind of express. Um, it's, it's very, um, I, I don't know the best word to describe it, other than to say that, it, that their style is unique in a sense that where it looks classic and timeless, but it also has its own feel to it. It almost altogether. has that Hansel and Gretel cartoonish yeah. Yeah. approach. It's very, yeah. it's very intricate. Very, it, it's not stick figure. It's yeah. not Caillou. It's yeah. not Dr. Seuss. Yeah. It is, it's amazing, yeah. really. It's, it's beautiful. It's layered. There's a lot of texture to it. Um, it to be honest with you, the, the, best, the biggest gift about working with Kevin and Kristen is when we put the story to them, knowing that they, they also knew what the story was. They knew what the, the impetus behind it was. They were praying about the illustrations. They were praying through what to draw and how to show the different words I was using. There were several times where they came to us 
and said, hey, we're, we have this idea for this, this one scene. We want to show this thing. And even when I was writing it, I remember submitting the manuscript to them and them saying, hey, I wish you would talk a little bit more about this particular thing in the book. And so I kind of went back to writing to get, make sure I gave them words to, to draw from. But the truth of the matter is, is when you, as, a, as an illustrator, you know, with children's books, at least my wife and I, we, we don't really have any books in our, in our house that we don't love the illustrations as parents. Right. We're both artists and we love the creative and we have a, a high value for good art. Mm-hmm. And so there's a part of us that is really snobby about that in a sense. Like, <laughs> in, in truth be told, I, I tell people as the first time writer, um, this being the first thing I've ever done professionally outside of writing songs, I, I felt like I had a good story. But their their illustrations are exceptional, and so it brought the the level of the story and the readability of it, and the the memor- like, just the fact that it's more memorable because of the illustrations alone. Is that normal for a, a, an author uh, from a children's book perspective okay. to submit a manuscript and have the illustrators come back and suggest rewrites? It, I don't know what normal is to be. <laughs> uh, it's what we did because we we honestly considered Kevin and Kristen like partners in the process. Right. It, we valued their input so much that it was, it was, it was vital. And, and, you know, one, uh, one key ingredient, I'll tell you, there was, as I wrote the story initially, the, the story follows this prince who gives and gathers these seeds and the seeds represent words in his life. And he carries them around in this satchel. And at the end of the day, he goes and plants these seeds, the good and bad ones beside each other. And then the next morning he waters them and he faithfully does this routine over mm-hmm. and over and over again. The story follows the prince from a young child to a grown man. And when I wrote the story initially, the the hero of the story, the friend that comes along, I had written it as a as a as a boy, another friend of his who comes along and helps him cut down these these bad trees. And there's a scene where uh, I call it a scene because I'm thinking in the visuals, but there's this one this one statement where it references the strength of this friend that he hadn't really noticed how strong his friend was. And and it's interesting. I'm also saying things in the story about the gentleness of the friend and the way mm-hmm. the friend came on the scene and sang a song. And, and I remember getting the call from Kevin and Kristen one day when we were doing all the illustrations and, and they said, Hey, we, we need to talk to you about something. We've got this idea and I just want to kind of run it by you. And I was like, yeah, okay, what is it? And they said, well, we're sort of, and you could tell they were just hesitant to say, yeah, right, right. And Kristen was talking and their husband and wife team, which is a really special dynamic. And Kristen said, Brandon, we feel like the friend should be a girl. And I said, Huh? Wow, I've, I've not actually thought of that. I said, just tell me why. And she's, well, it's not. You don't have to do it, but we just we just figured. Now we haven't said this, but I, I'm a I'm a father of five daughters. Right. And Kristen, thinking of me as a dad of five daughters, said, Brandon, think about the implications of telling your daughters that they could be the hero of this story. That's about a prince. You know, the the fact is is that there is an empowering part of that for a girl to read this story and say, I can help a boy. And that's in, in children's literature, the, the least talked about issue is ever having a heroine right. of a story. Right. You have right. tons of stories of Prince and the Prince saves the day and the, and the, and the poor girl that needed his help. And in this case, the Prince is the one that needs the help. But she said, you're talking about this character with these terms that are gentle and kind and singing a song. And it seems really feminine. And I thought back in my life and my experience. And when I, when I was honest, I said, wow. The Holy Spirit has been so kind, has been so gentle, has been so sweet. And yes, it actually feels 
in a sense, this, this aspect of the character of God being feminine and, and hitting this soft part of my heart that I would have never actually been able to receive otherwise. Which, and I've got to insert at this point, especially yeah. for our audience, the way that you and the illustrators have done this in no way emasculates the Holy Spirit. Oh, sure. And in no way detracts from the prince. Yeah. I, which, you know, yeah. you and I have talked about this before, oh, ab- yeah. about how this came about. And I've always been impressed as I read through the book, while that element is there, it is unique and different in that it does not emasculate God. Yeah. And it doesn't detract from the prince as the prince. Yeah. Uh, the melding is is beautiful. It's perfect. Yeah. It's, it really is. It, it's a, in another way, you think of it as as our as our marriage, as a husband and wife. My yes. wife, Stephanie. Yes. Like my wife is no less inferior, no. you know, but, and, and I actually do need her. You yes. Know? And so, yeah. and so if the moment we start thinking as men that we're, we're, we're not needing and that we're not lacking, there, We've lost it. there is this sensitive, sweet part of the character of God that has to be able to embody all of those things. So that right. I, my wife and I've had the conversations at times about, you know, true femininity and what it is and what it should be. It where where do women grasp that from, if not from the heart of God? And if bingo, so if it's there in Him, then then it has to be able to be. He expressed. is the creator of them, as He is the creator of us. Yeah, uh, He is the creator of both sexes. Yeah, so, so it's it's a beautiful exploration of that side and of of gentleness and of sweetness that honestly only made sense when when they said it. It was interesting. Kristen said, "Sabrina, no, we we just think and I." And I just said yes. I was like, yes, Kristen, it's a yes. And she goes, well, just just pray about it, think about it. I said, it, no, the answer <laughs> no, is yes. yes. I just knew it. And I'll be honest with you, my, my, my eyes watered with tears. And I thought, yeah, that's that's beautiful for yeah. so many reasons. And we've honestly had people, and they don't know what the what the hidden message of the story is, but we've had people come to us that say, like, I've got daughters. And, and this was like the best thing. It was like a surprise that my daughter can read this and actually receive from this something in her own identity and an right. encouragement to think, oh, I can actually help a boy, which was not really our intent, but it's beautiful that that comes right. across as well. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. And, and and I would say it, it doesn't promote feminism at all. No. It, provo- it promotes God's perspective yeah. on our humanity yeah. as husband and wife, man and woman. Yeah. The, the melding is brilliant. Uh, we've got two minutes in those two minutes just real quickly as we wrap up this idea of the illustration and how it came about for this book they even have got a an easter egg or two oh yeah in the illustrations don't they yeah there's one beautiful spot where the and i i I love giving this away because it's really beautiful to see well don't give too much away because we want people to get the book and find it for themselves yes (laughs) i'll just say that there's there's a beautiful spot where in in when the when the friend is being introduced very early in the story um, where they expressed something about the heart and breath of God that is beautiful, um, that you have to sort of look around and turn the, the book all kinds of which ways to find it. But it's, it's, uh, it's one of my favorite parts of the book because it, it felt like a breath of fresh air. And that's, is, that's essentially what, it, what they're showing. It is. It's kind of like, a, a, you know, the, the, the hidden picture out of highlights. Yeah. You know, it's there. You just have to look for it. And in exactly. order to look for it, you have to buy it. And in book. order to buy it, you've got to go to Amazon.com yeah. and look for it under Seeds and Trees. Yeah. And that, I tell you what, man, for a Christmas gift uh, for yourself, your children, maybe you have uh, as a grandparent. Yeah. Uh, I'm telling you, this is an amazing children's book. It's why we've got Brandon 
Brendan here tonight on Lifeline. We have to take a quick time out. We'll come back and continue our conversation with Brandon as Lifeline continues. Right now, we're off to the KFAX Traffic Center. We have another look at that commute. Man, it's slow tonight, isn't it? And now, from our Northern Command studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And we are back. It's Lifeline, Andy Froyland, and for Craig Roberts this evening, my guest is Brandon Walden. We are actually on the porch of the coffee shop, The Stirring, which is actually a front for a church here in Redding, California, of all places. As I mentioned at the beginning of our time together, sometimes we can get you on the phone, sometimes we can get you in the studio, and sometimes uh, we just have to go to the mountain. And that's exactly what we did. So we're out here uh, talking with Brandon Walden about his book, uh, Seeds and Trees, um, an amazing children's book that transcends the child. Uh, you know, as a parent myself, yeah. uh, and you as, especially, and if you are a parent, you understand. I can sit down and read a Dr. Seuss, and it's 100% for the kids. And the kids yeah. go, you know, green eggs and ham, yeah, you know, yeah. cat in the hat. And this is, I am getting absolutely nothing other than the joy of seeing a smile on my children's face. Yeah. When I sit down with seeds and trees, uh, it promotes a heart work and a self-examination in myself as I read to my children. Not only am I asking myself, am I sowing proper seeds into my children? Yeah. But at the same time, I'm praying that this book will have an effect on my children and help them understand that they have a responsibility as well as they grow up to start sowing good seed as well. Uh, Along those lines, as we kind of wrap up our time together tonight with you, this is not going to be the only book. This is part one of a trilogy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. When I, to be honest with you, it was, it was technically in the, when I first started writing, this was the second book I started writing. The, The first book I started writing was more an exploration of this prince in his relationship with the father. And it wasn't until six or seven years ago that I had a really good understanding of what the father's heart was for me. Right. And so the, the encounter uh, in the journey of healing that I, I talked about earlier really started first with, with hearing the father say that you're enough. You know, I, I remember when I was 20 or 21 years old, I was in South Africa on a trip and I sat with one of my mentors who I, I still love and honor today. And he said something to me. He had, he had been doing a lot of teaching throughout the day. And he, we were sitting one night having a cup of tea after his teaching. And he, I, I said, you know, Peter, where do you get all this? And like, you know, what, what could I like, tell me something. Is there anything else you can give me? Kind of like my private, you know, tutoring with him. Right. And it was so sweet. He looked at me and he said, Brandon, write, write this down. And he goes, what I'm about to tell you will change your life forever when you get it. And the clause there was when you get it. And so I said, okay. And, and, and so I, wrote, I got my pen and paper out, and he said, Brandon, there's nothing you can do that's going to cause the Father to love you any more than he loves you right now. And I wrote that down really speedily, and I looked at him, and I said, okay, okay, like, what's next? What's next? <laughs> and, he, and, and he said, well, the converse is true. There's nothing you can do that's going to cause him to love you any less. And I said, okay, okay. And I still was waiting for the punchline, right? Uh-huh. And he looked at me, and he said, like I said, when, when you, you get, get this, it. it'll change your life forever. <laughs> I was 20 years old and 14, 15 years later, sitting, having an encounter with a father where I first started to think in my head, oh my goodness, if that is really true, if, if God really 
nothing I do is matter is, is affecting whether he loves me or not. If that's really how I can live, if I can live from that place of freedom, then everything I've believed all of these years has been wrong. Yeah. Because I've always thought I had to do something to please him. I had to do something to, to earn his love, to earn his affection. So I first sat one day when this revelation came. I was sitting with a guy and I said, man, I feel like I just won the lottery. And I said, you know, there's there's like this idea of like I've had this thing tucked away in a closet somewhere that I, I almost have forgot about, this super valuable item. And as I started to talk about that and think through it, the idea for the first story, which is called The Key in the Closet, it's the one I'm actually writing right now, came. And it's essentially a story about the king, this prince's father, giving him this beautiful key when he's a child and saying to him, hey, this key is going to unlock your destiny. This is, this is, this is, there's identity wrapped in this. There's purpose. There's all kinds of things wrapped in it. And the boy just being, you know, a young boy doesn't know what to do with it. He doesn't know what it's, what, what the key's worth and what, what it even unlocks, if you will. And so he tucks the thing away. And later in his life, he goes back and finds it. And I, I feel like that's where I'm at right now. Honestly, Andy, I'm, I'm 40 years old, six, seven years into this process, but I'm circling back to things that I, I once believed as a child. I used to tell my kids years ago, I was talking to my, my two oldest daughters and Ellen Sterling and, and Elle asked me, she said, there's the sweetest question. She's like, daddy, what were you like when you were my age? Mm. And what she asked me, which was interesting was she was the age right before sexual abuse entered my life. And so I could tell her all the great things I could say. I used to think I was going to change the world. I used to think I was going to be like a biblical character that was going to be known to just change everything because that's what I believed as a toddler and up to five or six years old. And, uh, and then she says, well, what about when you were Sterling's age? And Sterling was a couple years older. And then I had to think, how do I address how my, my mindset started to change? Right. And so I looked at her and I said, you know, some things happened to daddy that made me start doubting that God could actually use me. And by the time I was Sterling's age, I, was, I, I still believed it, but I had started to doubt it. And as I got to be a teenager, I started to doubt it even more. And then by the time I was 20, I was really doubting it. And by the time I got married to your mommy, I was nearly convinced that there's no way that God could use me. Right. And so she then asked me the sweetest thing. Well, Daddy, what do you think right now? And I said, I'm like that little boy again, sweetie. Like, because I now have this key. Now, the key was given to me a long, long time ago. But now I know what it's for. Right. And so... You know, that's that's one of the stories. There's another story that's about the older brother that um, is is called The Lost Crown. And, and really, the, the reason I would say that this is important is for me, again, I was raised in church since since I was a very young young little boy. I heard lots of teachings on the Trinity. I understood that the Trinity was three in one. I knew what that meant in right. theory. I didn't really know uniquely the role of the Father in my life versus the role of Jesus versus the role of Holy Spirit. That was an interesting thing for me to start diving into and writing these stories was to think, oh, yeah, there's this mutual submission thing that happens in the Trinity where the Father's saying, look at my son, and the son says, look at the Father, and the Holy Spirit points to Jesus, and there's this constant, and Jesus says, hey, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. It's like, well, who am I supposed to talk to? It? <laughs> and, but what I found is they, although they are all one, they all do have unique roles in right. our lives. Yeah. So these three stories in in allegory form sort of touch to that point of, of of how do I relate with the Father as a child? How do I relate with Holy Spirit? And how do I relate with Jesus? And that's that's our hope is to really to touch those things in a in a way that kids and parents can grasp and, and talk about and dialogue about. Seeds and trees, 
Keys and trees. The key, <laughs> yeah. the key in the closet and the lost crown. It's, the lost crown. Yeah, there's, that's, that's the three stories. All right. And so hopefully within the next two years, we'll have the other two volumes. Yeah. And this will be an amazing trilogy yeah. that, uh, that you can actually go to time and again, yeah. not only for yourself, but for your children as well. And again, uh, Seeds and Trees, Amazon.com, yeah. Brandon Walden on all the other social media sites. Yeah. And what was the website again? The Treasure to Tree. Okay, yeah, that's a, that's another great place to start as well. Uh, I, I, you know, oftentimes Craig and I will sit here and we'll interview authors time and again, and we'll say, "Oh, yeah, it's a good book, it's a good book." I, I cannot express to you from my own personal experience with this book just how valuable it will be in your hands, not only for yourself but for your children, grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you a daycare provider? Man, what an amazing opportunity to sit and sow some amazing seed into a child's life. And this children's book is right up that alley. Seeds and Trees, Amazon.com. Go there, pick it up. You won't be sorry. Brandon, Mm -hmm. thank you for joining us here tonight on Lifeline. It's been an honor. Thank you. It's been a privilege for us as well. We've really appreciated it. So uh, God bless you. And it is my hope and prayer that uh, you find yourself shipping tons of books this holiday season. <laughs> Thank I, you so I think it will be great. It's going to be a value to anyone who picks it up. All right. That's all the time we have here on Lifeline. I want to thank Wanda Sanchez, our producer, for putting this thing together. Uh, Jarrell, over there on the other side of the... He loves colored lights. And so he's, he's over there on the other side of the glass pressing these red and green lights and somehow makes this thing come out on the other end of your speaker. And it all sounds great. So... Uh, Jarrell, our engineer, thank you so much. And, of course, you and your ears round out the trifecta. As always, it is a delight spending time with you here on Lifeline. Until we can do it again, may the Lord richly bless you. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.